Okay, so it's May 18th, uh, day 712 of lockdown. These are more of my unfiltered, uncensored, unedited thoughts straight from my brain in order to keep myself sane. Uh, and this audio log, which is what this is, it's an audio log. I, I decided that quite early on, that's what this was called. Um, I've talked about what TV I've been watching a couple a lot. Because there's not much else to do in lockdown. I mean, there's creative stuff you can do, um, but that's not really where my brain's at uh, most of the time. I've been able to be somewhat creative at some points, but generally I just want to distract myself uh, with TV. Um, I'm going to talk about three of the main ones. I've talked, I've, I've touched on all three of these before, but I'm going to talk about them a bit more in depth because uh, they're what I was mainly watching last week. Well, two of them were. One of them... Well, I'll get to that. Because uh, first of all, I want to talk about um, probably the worst TV show that I watch regularly, uh, which is the TV show Riverdale. Uh, if you're not familiar with Riverdale, um, which uh, I've pointed out before on this uh, audio log, is so bad that there are some. There are several YouTube uh, videos that just pop up on my stream about why that are literally called "Why Riverdale is Terrible," "Why the Riverdale Writers are Terrible," "Why etc etc." Um, uh, I recommended a YouTuber called uh, uh, Sarah Z a while ago. Uh, she has one of these YouTube videos. It's not. I don't. That's not how I found out about her. But and I still not watched it. Because I know why it's terrible. Uh, let me just explain what it is. Okay, so um, my American listeners, there are some, which is great. I uh, will know Archie better than uh, I do. Most people in Britain, I think, know Archie for the um, the hit they had in the, I want to say it was the 70s, uh, which is a sort of 50s style thing. Because they had, the, the, there's a band in the, okay. Archie is a comic, and in the comic there is a band, and the band is called The Archies, and he released a song called Sugar Sugar, which is, which you will know. It's what it's like, ah, sugar, sugar, do, 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 you are my candy girl, that one. Um, which I think is what most British people will know Archie from. Uh, Archie, the comic, because the comic is called Archie. It's set in Riverdale. It's about... Uh, it's a long, long-running comic. Like, since the 50s. Uh, which is about a guy called Archie Andrews, who is a teenager. He's America's favourite teenager. Uh, and he is eternally locked in a struggle uh, to choose between uh, Betty Cooper, the blonde-haired girl next door, and Veronica Lodge, the... Uh, the black-haired, uh, wealthy socialite who moves into town. His best friend is a guy called Jughead Jones, who wears a beanie cap that looks like a crown and eats a lot of burgers. That is the entire premise of Archie the Comic, as it was for decades. It was a, a simple humour strip. Archie uh, would try his best at doing something either to impress 
one of those two women or sometimes both uh, and he would usually fail at it and has, but his good friend Jughead would be there like it's a very simple uh, comic uh, there's some weird spin-offs like uh, Josie and the Pussycats uh, who you might have heard of a spin-off of Archie uh, Sabrina as in Sabrina the Teenage Witch a spin-off of Archie yeah, a literal witch showed up because that kind of thing happens a lot in these days in those days and like lots more besides so what Riverdale is however because uh, as the comics carried on uh, in the 2000s there was a sort of move towards making sort of like adult uh, Archie comics and I don't mean like sexy uh, I mean like dealing with Archie as he actually grows up because he stops being a teenager and like we see his life and actually we see his life uh, it's called Life of Archie and it's got a branching timeline we see what happens if he chose Betty and what happens if he chose Veronica uh, and neither are better they're just different which is often a thing like uh, while the comic is centred on Archie Betty and Veronica are by far the more interesting characters which makes sense because uh, they have like Archie's just a cipher who gets to choose them um, there's also a reboot comic by, uh, like, in the 2010s by Mark Wade, who's an incredible comic book writer, and Fiona Staples, who's an incredible... Uh, is it Fiona Staples? I'm pretty sure it's Fiona Staples. Oh, no, Fiona Staples does the uh, cover art. I can't remember if she does the... I don't think she does the internal art. Oh, I can't remember the artist, and I feel really bad, but it changes a couple of times. Uh, and that's really good. Anyway, that's not important to the TV show, because what's important to the TV show is... You need to know that this TV show is regularly referred to by uh, the AV Club, which is a, a fantastic uh, pop, uh, like pop culture website, which does fantastic TV reviews. The reviewer for uh, Riverdale often refers to it as Hot Archie Who Fucks. Because <laughs> basically the first thing we see in this is, because uh, it's teen drama, the first thing you see is like topless Archie, Played by uh, this uh, New Zealand like model uh, called KJ Appa, who who dyes his hair red because oh yeah because Archie is, is a redhead and he he's still got the the girl next door, uh, Betty Cooper still got Veronica Lodge still got Jughead Jones but everything's just darker. In the first episode of the first season, uh, a kid called Jason Blossom who's in the comics. Uh, get shot uh, and killed. Uh, that's how the first episode goes. Um, he is the son of a local maple syrup magnet. Uh, because uh, and and at several points throughout the four seasons, people are killed or threatened over this maple syrup business. Um, <laughs> that's the kind of show this is. And the show is starts off like this isn't your 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 mom's. Archie, what? Um, like Jughead joins a biker gang because that's what his, his dad's a member of them. I, uh, that's the thing that happens. Uh, so that's like the first episode. Uh, Betty's um, sister Polly uh, is pregnant by Jason and so is sent off to this crazy um, convent called uh, the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. 
Uh, we find out there's a conspiracy behind the murder. Uh, Jughead narrates it all, like, because he's obsessed with, like, f- films and he, like, thinks he's in a, a film noir. Then in the second season, there's a serial killer, legitimately. Uh, and then <laughs> in the third season, um, there's several plot lines going on. One of which is that there's a cult called The Farm, which is taking people, um, and the, the second of which is the absolutely insane storyline that everyone becomes literally addicted to A, a drug called Pixie Sticks, and B, uh, a, a role-playing game called Griffins and Cargoyles that people are so into that they, like, drink poison as part of playing the game and like literally fight each other. Oh, also Archie goes to a prison called Shankshaw uh, for murdering someone. Veronica's dad is simultaneously a, a, a drug dealer, uh, a mobster and also way too involved in Archie's life. Um, <laughs> it's really weird. Uh, he runs for mayor, his wife also runs for mayor, Archie's dad, uh, like, is the only good person in the whole town. Uh, yeah, the whole serial killer thing comes to head, Betty worries that she might be a psychopath, uh, Archie gets mauled by a bear when he's on, when he's on a run, uh, yeah, then it's, yep, yep, uh, then in season, oh, uh, Cheryl Blossom, Jason, who's the best character? She is the best character. Jason Blossom's twin sister. Um, like burns down her gothic mansion house. Uh, fires a, a fires a longbow at several occasions. Uh, her finds out her mum is running her bordello. Uh, Veronica, while like tries to emancipate herself from her family because her dad is literally a a. a a super villain and in doing so she buys the local malt shop and then opens uh, an illegal speakeasy in the basement she is 16 um, it is like so much happens in an in an average episode of Riverdale that is it sounds insane and there's a there is genuinely a point where um, uh, a man fires up tries to fire a rocket Fire himself into space on a rocket. That's a thing that happens. Uh, also, so many people die, uh, or like so many secrets. Uh, this weird, like weird cult supernatural stuff. Because uh, yeah, sorry, I didn't say the, in Griffins and Gargoyles. It's been run by this entity known as the Gargoyle King. What? Uh, and in this, and then in this season, there's been two main plot lines. One of which has been a creepy sort of voyeur thing where there's people videotaping the house. That's, that's been in a back burner for most of the season. And then the main storyline has been uh, Jughead leaves uh, Riverdale High and goes to this insane prep school, which is like got obviously got secrets and people get murdered for the sake of a Hardy Boys esque uh, book series. Uh, the show is terrible. And every time my flatmate comes in, I try and explain what's just happened. Like, because I'll be watching it and my flatmate will come in and I'll try and explain what's happening. And it sounds like a fever dream. 
It's absolutely terrible, and I highly recommend it. And the uh, fourth season just wrapped up uh, prematurely, uh, and I watched the last three episodes. One of which is a musical episode. Oh, they always do a musical episode uh, after season, from season two onwards, which is them performing music from uh, readily available like Broadway musicals, uh, like cult Broadway musicals, so like uh, Heather's the musical, Carrie the musical, and Hedrick and the Angry Inch. All the three they've used. Um, Oh, there's nearly always a song in an episode. Uh, Veronica or Josie and the Pussycats or, or who are who are in the show. Or Archie himself will uh, be involved in some sort of musical number. It's utter nonsense. Uh, but it c- could be a fun thing to watch in a lockdown. Uh, the other thing that I've been watching, I've, I've brought it up a couple of times, but I've not really got into it in detail. But we finished finally, me and my family, uh, is a show called Leverage. Leverage is a group, genuinely a delightful television program, uh, and I will actually recommend it because it's good. Uh, it's such an easy watch as well. Like that's something that's good. Like it's good. It's not like a hard drama. Uh, I'll explain what the plot is. Pretty quick. Pretty quick ish. Um, basically. A bunch of criminals. So we've got uh, Sophie Devereaux, who is a, that's not her real name, who is an English uh, grifter. She's a grifter. She's a con artist, a grifter, and specifically an art uh, a, a, an art thief. Uh, she has the fun thing that she wants to be an actress, but she is terrible uh, in any situation apart from running a con. So, like, if she's in an amateur production of a play, she is terrible at it, uh, which is just really fun. There's a guy called Alec Hartson, who is uh, the resident, he's the, the hacker. Uh, his deal is that he first hacked, uh, like, the FBI when he was, like, six. Uh, and since then, he's, like, he, he, he developed gadgets, uh, he can hack anything, that's his whole thing. He creates these cool, like, he always create, does the sort of, the, the, um, the computer work, so, like, he'll, uh, make false identities for them, that kind of thing, you know, uh, and his, his thing is that he's too cool for school, right, like, he's, uh, always, like, talking, but he, but he's a massive geek, like, he's always, like, talking, like, hey, I got you, but then he'll make a Star Trek reference to the next thing, and there's Elliot Spencer, he's the hitter, by which I mean he punches things a lot and he's very good at it. He also uh, has this thing where, where if there's ever a kid involved he will immediately glom onto them or, or a young woman uh, he'll glom onto them and he will like he's the sort of he cares man but he also he's also like ex-special forces and clearly did some really bad shit. Uh, then there's everyone's favourite character especially mine uh, Parker she is the thief. Uh, she has one name. She is. She has a modern name. Uh, she is incredible. She was raised from a very young age by a uh, adopted father as uh, the world's best thief. She's also. Um, it's never explicitly uh, stated in the show. Uh, but 
I know that a lot of the uh, artistic artistic community, like in the pop cultural sphere, uh, identify with um, Parker. Like her, she doesn't she doesn't feel things the same way as other people do, uh, and she's like the heart of the team because this is this is a team, uh, and uh, just genuinely a, a very fun character. Uh, like who doesn't quite understand people, but upon looking at any any vault, will immediately know how to break into it. And then heading up the team, the mastermind uh, is a guy called Nate Ford, who bef- until the series starts, unlike the other four, is not a criminal. Uh, he is an insurance investigator who finds out he's very good at planning elaborate heists. So the basic premise of the show is that these criminals uh, rob from the rich in order to help the poor. Like a Robin Hood style situation. Uh, The way that Nate puts it in the opening narration of most of the series is sometimes bad guys make the best good guys. We provide leverage. (laughs) Uh, So they'll con like each episode is very similar and plot, some of them very slightly, uh, but the main, it's a sort of procedural show where <clears throat> we'll see a rich person being terrible to someone, uh, or negatively impacting someone, that person will then go to the leverage team uh, and like say, I'm sorry I can't pay you, and they're like, it's okay, we don't do this with the money, and then they will pull off an elaborate con uh, on their mark, who is this, who's definitely a rich person, uh, it'll go on for a while, it'll look like something's going wrong, and then there'll be a flashback that shows that actually this is what they had planned all along, uh, and then they all sort of cheer at the end when they have been victorious. That's how every episode of Leverage goes, but it's just done really well, and it's really fun, it's really light, the character in play is great. Uh, there's five seasons of it on Amazon Prime. I, I highly recommend it. A sixth season is coming. Um, it's just, it's just such an easy watch, and it's so fun. Like my flatmate has watched it so many times, and I can totally see why. Final show I want to talk about. It's a show I've definitely talked about multiple occasions, but never really. But something specific I want to talk about. Uh, which is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you want to know my opinions on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, by the way, uh, if you go to my website, which is marriageiloves.com, which is probably what you're listening to this on, unless you're listening to it on uh, a podcast, a podcatcher, like, uh, because it is, it is incorrectly available as a podcast. Because um, <laughs> you, can't, you can't call it something else. But uh, on MarjorieLoves.com, the only blog post I have, uh, because I was like, oh, maybe I'll be creative. And I was like, no, I don't need to force myself to be creative in a lockdown. Um, But I did write a a blog post, like an essay, about why I love uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, So you can read that. And also, you've probably heard of it. It's a huge, it's a huge deal. Uh, uh, And it's a huge deal to me. Like, I remember, like, I grew up with it. It's probably my favourite TV show. Either that or 
Colombo uh, as my favourite TV show. Uh, I love Colombo. I was I think I, I've talked before on this about how I, much I love mysteries and Colombo is a great example of that oh, I think I, should, I need to talk about just mystery shows at some point and uh, why I love them and how I used to watch them with my gran and stuff like that. Columbo I will definitely talk about at some point because I absolutely adore Columbo. Like it's so, it's such an incredible television program. Uh, like incredible character studies, but that's, I don't, I'm not talking about Columbo right now. I'm talking about Buffy. Uh, so, hey, spoilers for a twenty-year-old TV show coming up. Spoilers, spoilers. Where I am in Buffy Columbo, because like I said before, I'm re I'm rewatching it alongside a podcast called Buffering the Vampire Slayer, which I so recommend. Uh, which is two queer women. Uh, Jenny Owen Young's an incredible songwriter whom I love, uh, Kristen Russo, who I hadn't heard of before this podcast, but I, I now also love, um, who originally, at the beginning of the podcast, are married. Uh, they since have since split up, but continue doing the podcast, which uh, genuinely, I think, is mind-blowing. Um, and the podcast is, like, goes from being this thing they do that would be quite fun because uh, Jenny loved uh, Buffy uh, and introduced Kristen to it early in her relationship and they'd watched it all the way through and then they decided to rewatch it and are like, we'll make a podcast about it. And they write a song for every episode uh, because, like, because Jenny's amazing and does that. Um, <laughs> but... Where I am at the moment in Buffy, and this is one of the reasons I want to talk about it, and also the other reason I want to talk about it, is because I've been having conversations back and forth with a good friend of mine about the weird stuff in Buffy. Like, like there's a, a nightclub they go to called The Bronze, which is a nightclub they go to despite being teenagers, and then continue to go to when they're adults. And... I don't quite understand how the bronze works. We never find out much more about it beyond the fact that it exists. Uh, they have proper bands playing there, like uh, Amy Mann plays there one time, which is just wild. Um, like, they get proper... like they, it's, it's because, you know, that was that time where teen dramas had, like, actual bands in it, like... Um, the OC uh, had Modest Mouse and Death Cab for Cutie and uh, various other like successful indie bands uh, pop up and like and play in the in in game in game like, in like play, diegetically they are there they are actually playing music they exist. Uh, Amy Man even comments that she hates playing in vampire towns, which I love. Um, <laughs> But where I am in the series, uh, apart from like picking apart every like individual weird detail, and like which is what Buffy fans do, we get into the fact that we're like, oh yeah, in this episode this happens. Like the six seasons of it, and we watched them all repeatedly, even though we all agree that it goes downhill after season five. Uh, other stuff, some really good stuff. Uh, this is, you know, that you'll have heard of. There was a musical episode in season six, which you've definitely heard of. I think you've definitely heard of it, I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> but where I am at the moment is an episode, and this is this is the big spoiler, big spoiler, big spoiler, uh, in season five called uh, The Body, which is, a, which is an incredible episode of television. 
and so well done. And it's about Buffy's mum uh, dying. Uh, Buffy is 19 at this point, and her mum just dies. And not from a supernatural thing, she dies from um, an, an aneurysm. Like, uh, throughout the season, she, uh, she, they find out she has a benign tumour uh, in her brain. They remove it, everything seems fine. She goes home, uh, everything's fine, and then she has an aneurysm and dies. It's tragic and it's horrible, and the whole thing about, about it is that Buffy can't punch this. She's just fighting demons and punching them, and she can't do that with this. So it's just an episode of just dealing with grief. And it's... It's so good, but so... Hard. And I... I've talked about grief briefly in this thing podcast before. I just called it a podcast. Damn it, it's not a podcast. It's an audio log before. Um... And at the time, the, the time that I'm, that we're watching this, uh, like day seven hundred twelve of lockdown, I don't know if I have space in my life for that much grief. <laughs> uh, the body is followed by another episode called Forever, which also deals with the 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 the, the um, like the body deals with the immediate aftermath, like of Buffy finding the body. Uh, hence the name of the episode, and how she reacts, and it's obviously not well and then also how all of her uh, friends react like how they can try and be there for her how her sister reacts it's really really hard going and uh, like I say I'm not I don't feel like I'm in a position to willing to like willingly invite that level of emotional like punch to me so Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start rewatching Path of Interest, like I said I was going to on this a couple of weeks ago. But when I do watch uh, Body, I'll, I'll come back to it, and I think I'll talk. I've got, I've probably got some more to say about grief because it's something I've been thinking about a lot over the past couple of um, past couple of years, really. <laughs> um. Okay, but until I do that, uh, stay well, stay safe, stay at home, and if one of the, if the object of your affections uh, deals a drug called Jingle Jangle, uh, runs a, a prison uh, and the illegal fighting ring inside that prison, oh yeah, and r- runs you out of town to the point where you get mauled by a bear. Maybe reconsider. Maybe consider whether pursuing his daughter is worth it. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say to you, Archie. Just think. Just think about that. Uh, until next time. Uh, my name is Marjoy. Thank you very much, and goodbye.